Okay, here we go. Today's daf is daf Ayn Ches, page 78 in the Hiligam Masechus Babakama. And we are up to Elaha de Omar Rava, <coughs> which is um, quite a ways down. Let's call it nine lines from the top. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines from the top of the daf. Elaha de Omar, <coughs> excuse me, Elaha de Omar Rava. Okay? Now, let's remind ourselves of this that Rabba said. So yesterday, and this was uh, really a, a new topic when we were starting, of, of, which was beautiful, and that was that the Torah says, Shar Oiseh, if you have an ox or a sheep, which is stolen and shechted or sold, you're going to pay Dalit Vehe. You're going to pay Dalit Vehe. We're nine lines to the top of Ayn Chesam and Aleph. I'm just chasing over the Gumar. You're going to pay Dalit Vehe. So the Gemara said, "What about um, the, yeah?" The Gemara says, "What about Klayim? The Gemara says, "What about Klayim? What if you have a hybrid type of animal? Do you also pay Dalit Vehe?" And the Brisa says, "You do." The Brisa says, "You do pay Dalit Vehe." So the Gemara asks, "I am just chazering over." The Gemara says, "I today's Ayin Ches seventy-eight, nine lines from the top." Okay. So the Gemara asks. Why do you pay Dalit Vahey on a Seh? I'm sorry, why do you pay Dalit Vahey on a, on a Klayim, on a hybrid animal, if the Torah says Seh? The Torah says, if it's a specific type of animal. So Rava said, and this is where we're going to pick up, Rava had said that it's a Bona Av. It's a Binyan Av. Every time it says Seh, whenever you find the word sheep, it means uh, it is Zeh um, it's coming to the exclusion of Kalayim. So, um, which was a challenge, which was a question, right? If it's coming to exclude Kalayim, then Kalayim does not pay Dalit Vahey. And the Gemara said that there's a difference between the normal Binyanav and here because it says Oi, which is Larabe Sasa Kalayim. The word Oi is coming here, is coming to include a hybrid animal. This is coming off of Rava. So now, let's. Go outside the Gemara And what the Gemara clarified yesterday Is that oi is not necessarily coming to include Sometimes o is coming to exclude And that's where we pick up Alright, nine lines from the top of Daf Ayin Ches Ella rather Hadama Rav This Rav says Av But Rav says When it says the word sets To the exclusion of a hybrid To the exclusion of Klayim over here, we're not excluding Klayim, right? Over here, we're including Klayim in the halach of Dalit Vahey. If I steal a mule and I shakht it or sell it, I pay Dalit Vahey. So when Rava said he has a binyanav for Seh to exclude a hybrid animal from the halacha, Lamai Hilchasa, which halacha is Rava referring to that we're excluding a hybrid from the normal situation, okay? Says the Gemara, Ilakachim. If it's coming to say that a hybrid animal climb is different when it comes to, as far as kachim is concerned, that a hybrid animal cannot be a carbon. If that's the halacha behed we know that specifically it says, sharai kesef, it says it has to be an exclusive, a, a specific type, prat that's excluding a hybrid. That's the word, uh, I'm not using a binyanav in any way, shape, or form. Elamiser, if Rav is telling me that where am I excluding a hybrid? Again, this is very straightforward. And what, when do we find the halacha? We're looking for a halacha that a hybrid animal will have a different status than a standard animal. 
based off of a binyanav. Okay? Says Gemara, if it's a, as far, if we're referring to a carbon, I don't need a binyanav for that. I know you cannot bring a, a klayim animal. And if it's as far as the halachas of miser is concerned, that there's no miser, carbon, carbon miser on a hybrid animal, tachas, tachas, y'all have me kochim. I already know that from kochim, so I still don't need a binyanav from seh. If it's coming to teach me that there's no such thing as holiness of a firstborn hybrid animal of Klayim, Havara Havara, Yolofi Meiser. I know the word Havara Havara. Let's learn out from Meiser to teach me that also it's a specific animal, a specific species, and not including Klayim. Or you could say that a Nidma, an animal that's born as to, to a sheep that's born to two sheep uh, parents, we'll call it. Looking like a goat. Also, there's no bechayra. Dechsev ach bechar shar ad shehu shar u bechar shar. You need both the parent and child to look alike. Klayim boy. I don't need klayim. So the Gemara is asking a basic question, which is again, Rava on Amud Bey said that when it comes to klayim, when it comes to a hybrid animal, it's being excluded from a binyanav. The Gemara wants to know which halacha, which halacha we excluding. It's not halacha dalar behei. Because if you shecht or sell a hybrid animal, you will pay dollar hay. And it's not, I'm not using the binyanav to tell me any of these other halachas because I explicitly know these other halachas without the binyanav. So where does Rabbi say that I'm using a binyanav to teach me that a hybrid animal is different? Says the Gemara, Ella rather, ki itmar de Rava, le inyan petrachamar. Rava's halacha is connected to. Petr Chamar, Ketetran, like we learned in her, like we learned in a Mishnah, Ain Paidin Lai Be'egel, Velai Be'chaya, Velai Be'shchuta, Velai Be'trefa, Velai Be'kayim, Velai Be'kahi. There's no such thing as Pinyin Petr Chamar, redeeming a firstborn donkey, when there's a, when it, we're dealing with a uh, calf, okay? So, um, any, uh, uh, both domesticated and an un- Domesticated animal has no kedushas uh, bechar, holiness of the firstborn. V'loy b'shkuta. Also, not if it is shechted. Okay, once it, an animal shechted, it doesn't have the status of an animal. V'loy betrefa. And also, not if it's a trefa. Again, what's a trefa? An animal that has a, uh, a mum, a blemish. Or not, not, I wouldn't call it a mum, but a, an, an issue where it's going to die shortly. V'loy beklayim. For example, a hole in the heart, a hole in the lungs. There's also no holiness of a bachar when we're dealing with a hybrid. So let's say you have two animals that mix together. You're never going to have a holiness of a bachar. And also not from a kai. A kai is a uh, unique species that is a, uh, it's a, a combination of a goat and a deer, so it's uh, a klayim is other areas of uh, of, of hybrid, and, and a kai is a specific type of of hybrid. Says the Gemara, Ulrabalaz. Another so Gemara says, and this is where Rabba says that klayim is learnt out. We're making a binyanav to learn from seh to learn out that we're excluding klayim, and that, this, that binyanav is going to be the source for all this. Ulrabalazer the matter beklayim according to Rabalazer who allows. To redeem the firstborn, and he says there is holiness. Um, I'm sorry, 
not, over, not there is holiness. You're able to redeem a firstborn with climb. Over here, what we're dealing with over here is, let me just uh, clarify over here. This b'risa, which says, is dealing with when I'm removing the holiness of a donkey, can I transfer the holiness onto these things? The halacha is you cannot. Rablazar allows you to transfer the holiness of a donkey onto a hybrid animal, the tran, because we learned Rablazar Matir Beklaim it's considered a sheep, even though it's hybrid. So now we're back to square one. We're back to our question. If you could include Klayim in, in being the animal that we're removing the holiness of the donkey onto, so where do I find Klayim is different? Klayim's no different over here. You could do it. We're dealing with a non-kosher animal. Okay? So let's say you have... Uh, what's a, any non-kosher animal? I don't. Take your favorite Giraffe, pick. No giraffe. Take kosher. a favorite pick. Yeah, giraffe is kosher. Uh, okay. Elephant. Uh, a chazir, an elephant. Yeah. So that became pregnant from a kosher animal. Okay. The iburai minatame. So it was it was a noilad minatar. The iburai. So I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. You had a fakert. You had a kosher animal that gave birth, but was impregnated by a non-kosher, uh, by a non-kosher animal. All right, so that's where the binyanav is coming to exclude and say that it's taka not kosher. Like Rabbi Shua, and this argues in Rabbi Shua. The Rabbi Shua may sex of him say he's enough, but he agrees with Allah, but he has a different source for it. Actually, aviv kesev So his source is that the animal is only kosher if both of its uh, sources, both the mom and dad. Are kosher animals? Says Gemara, just a basic scientific question, and that is: Is such a thing even possible? Yeah, is such a thing even possible? Now Rashi explains over here that there's Gemara elsewhere that tells us that it's not possible for a uh, kosher animal to get impregnated by a non-kosher animal. And if it's an impossibility, why do I need a pasuk? Why do I need a binyanav to exclude it? It ain't ever happening. Says Gemara, it certainly is in. Um, it, it certainly could happen, okay? To Kaimalon, because we have established, and again, we're going back on that same Gemara, we're not arguing on that Gemara and Bechiris, but Gemara is explaining. He says, if you look back at that Gemara and Bechiris, we learned about that, top of Amud Beis, the Aber Mekalot Kirebi Shimon, that um, there's a, um, you can have, uh, certain species with different, uh, with, with varying, uh, the best word I could think of, it. there's got to be a better word, there's various types within that species of which ones have split hooves, which ones don't have split hooves, but they're all considered one species, whatever that is, and there it is, Shaykh, to become impregnated. So the Gemara is responding that granted, you're not going to ever have an elephant uh, that impregnates a cow. Okay, that's not going to happen. You're also not going to have a chazir that impregnate or a horse that impregnates uh, sheep, whatever. But there are certain lines of animals, certain species that have, we'll call it family members that either don't chew their cud or don't have split hooves, but we're within the same family and they will mate. And it is possible to become pregnant. And that's where we're going to make the binyan have and to exclude these types of, uh, to ex- exclude these types of animals. Okay. Period. End of that Shaklavataria. 
one last short piece of Gemara before we get to the next Mishnah. Boy, Rava, Rava asked the question, searching for information. Somebody says, I am personally taking responsibility <coughs> Excuse me, to bring a carbon Ayla. To bring an Ayla offering. Okay. Now, what do you mean, Haray Alai? There's two ways you can commit yourself to a sacrifice. One way is to say, this animal is a carbon Ayla. Now, if something goes wrong with that animal, are you obligated to replace it? No. Because you didn't accept personal responsibility. You said, I'm designated this animal, this specific animal, Bessie. Bessie the cow. It's going to be the island. But if Bessie's gone, so then uh, you're not, no obligation to replace her with Bessie. Okay? But if you say, Hare Alai, it's on me to bring an Ayla. So now it doesn't make a difference if the original animal that you intended is not here. You have a personal responsibility to replace it. So guy says, Hare Alai. The hit for his shar. And he sets aside an ox. And somebody comes and steals the ox. You have to replace it, right? Because you said a ray Now, me pot a ganav nafshe because of the rabban. Can a ganav, can a ganav, potter himself up with a sheep according to rabban? With an oilas oif according to Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. Okay, because. Let's say this ox is stolen or lost. Let's say this, something goes wrong with this ox. So this guy, the thief, has to replace it. Why? Why does he have to replace it? Because it's not only... You, you might say, well, he only stole from Kudshim. Maybe he doesn't have to replace it. But remember, we learned previously, you do need to replace it. Because when you stole from Kudshim, the original committer, the original owner, said, Hare Allah, he's taking Achraya. So it's like you're not only stealing from Kudshim, you're stealing from him too. Because now he's going to have to replace him. To me, put the ganav nashay because the rabban beilas reiv the blaz ben azayid the tenan harei alai ayla. Somebody says, "I'm going to take responsibility to bring a carbon ayla yavi kasef." You can bring a sheep. The blaz ben azayid oyem ber yavi tor oyben yain. You can even bring a dove or a pigeon. My, so what's the alacha? See, here's the here's the shail. Listen to this alacha. Incredible. When you bring a carbon ayla, there's many types of carbon ayla. But listen, 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 listen. This is gavalt. I say harei alai ayla. I designate an ox. Did it have to be an ox? No. An ox is worth $1,200. A bird is worth 40 bucks. I have designated an ox. Somebody came along and stole that ox. So we say, you got to pay back. But maybe he should only have to pay me back the minimum amount that I took responsibility on. And everything else is considered hectishes, which he's not responsible for. Okay. So my, what's Allah? Me, I mean, a shame, Ayla Kabbalah. Do we say the original owner accepted upon himself to bring something which has the name of an Ayla? And therefore, the bottom line is whoever stole it only has to pay him a lesser amount. I don't want Matsi The original owner could tell the Ghana, I want to bring a Khashiva animal. I'm not here to bring second fiddle as a carbon Ayla, not here to play games. After asking this question, Rav answered it. Ganav Potter Atzav Bekesev. The Ravon Abayi Latzayif. The Rablazar Ben Azariah. Ganav could potter himself up with a kesev or with a bird. Ayla according to Blaz Ben Azariah. Fascinating halacha. Fascinating, fascinating halacha. Which is he could pay back the lesser amount because when I, the original owner, said a real ayla, 
I was obligated myself in the lesser amount. That was it. Not the bigger amount. God said, Yeah, I'm serving your bunch in first class. I'm not bringing a sheep. I'm not bringing a bird. He could pot himself up either with a sheep like Rabban or a bird like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Okay, in other words, the thief could pay back lesser value. All right, Zokt the mission. Now, by the way, this makes sense. This is very consistent with the Gemara we learned the other day, which is that when you steal from Kachim, you only need to pay back when the owner took personal achrayas on it. Because here, what we're saying is you only pay back up to the amount that he has full achrayas on. More than that amount, you have no, uh, you have no chiyuvon. Um, There's no responsibility. All right, Zok the Mishnah. If uh, if somebody wow stole an animal, sells ninety nine percent of it. Okay, you hear, the, you hear what's going on here? Guy steals an ox, and he wants to sell the ox, but he wants a part in it. He wants a part. He still wants to have a part. Or he wants stocks. It's a part ownership. Minority ownership doesn't need majority. Minority, one percent he wants. Right, you sell a business. Sometimes, unless you know what's going under, smart to hold on to a small percentage. You never know; it might explode. Right, hold on to five percent, ten percent, twenty percent, whatever you could. Yeah, could be it'll get bigger. Man, payday. Okay, see, so he holds on. Gemara will explain what it means. You hold on to a small percentage. Or um, he's now a partner in it. Okay? Now, what does this mean? The Ganav, and this is unfortunately probably more common, I'm going to guess, than regular, th- uh, more common than regular theft. I know more common, I shouldn't say that. Quite common, though. Two Shutvan, two partners, each one owns half. Okay? Or you could say each one owns the whole, but as rights tell him, one partner stiffs, is that what it's called? He stiffs the other guy? He kind of like takes the whole thing. So you're original shutif, you're originally a partner, and now you steal the other half. And you shechted or sold it, but you originally owned part of it. Or somebody shechts it, and the shechita goes wrong. Okay? The guy's like, oh, I'm going to slaughter this animal for me. The guy's got no clue what he's doing. No clue what he's doing, right? Young kid tries to steal a car, smashes it up. He thought he was doing Doesn't know. You think you know how to shecht? You don't know how to shecht. So you just ruined the whole thing. Hanoicher v'hamaaker. Person, again, other expressions of messing up the shechita. You rip the, the trachea and esophagus. You're going to pay double for the amount that you stole, but you do not pay Four or five times the amount. Okay? Why? Why? Either it's not considered the... Not either. Either way, it's not considered a total shechita. Whether you were originally a partner in it, whether you ruined the shechita, it's not considered original... Uh, it's not considered a complete shechita. My chutz what does it mean? Except for 100... You sell everything except for the thing that permits it through shechita. 
Okay, so uh, a piece of meat. But the, what the Gemara wants to point out is, what if I steal something and then I sell the whole thing and I say, I'm going to sell to you, but after the sale, you should know I always get the horns. If it ever falls off or you ever you ever shecht it, I, I'm into shayfers. I like shayfer. I want the horn back. The horns got nothing to do with the shechita. Okay, so um, that's what it means. That's what it means. I'm sorry. It has to be something that like, like the flesh. But if you only hold on to the horns, that's considered a full sale. Levi Yomar Levi says chutz means gizay sale, except for the wool. Okay. Now the wool is obviously not an integral part of the shechita at all. See, Levi's being strict over here. Vechein tanya b'masnisa chutz megizay sale. Maybe that's a challenging question. You sell an animal and you say, besides for its hand, one of its legs, besides for its horns, besides for its wool, you don't pay four or five times the amount, even though the wool is not an integral part of the uh, of the shechita. Rabbi Oymer Rabbi says, If he holds back something which would get in the way of the shechita, not the wool, then you don't pay dollar behay. But if you withhold something like the wool, that doesn't get in the way of the shechita, Mashanta Shabbat Chamisha, you are going to pay dollar behe. Rabbi Shimon Lazar Oymer, Chutzmi Karna, in the Mashanta Shabbat Chamisha, Chutzmi Kizasel, Mashanta Shabbat Chamisha. This is like a middle ground, because the horns don't get in the way of the shechita, and the wool doesn't get in the way of the shechita. But he differentiates whether it's something that's mamish attached to the body or something that grows on the body. Now, says the Gemara, we need to understand this, these halachas over here. Again, <clears throat> again, let's just keep an overview. This is very straightforward and very gishmak. The Mishnah said, uh, Mishnah, Torah says, you steal an animal and you sell it. You pay four or five times. The Mishnah had said, if you withhold a little bit, you don't pay four or five times. We want to know what that little bit needs to be. Does it have to be something that gets in the way of the shechitah? Could it be something that has no shaykhist to the shechita? Or the last opinion is, it depends if it's the horn or the wool. According to Rav, who is he following? Right, Because Rav says, it has to be something that's mutter through shechita, which is any part of the meat. Who is he following? It's not the wool, not the horns. What's he talking about? Amri Rav, he's going to follow, he's following a different time. Because you withheld an integral part of the animal. Besides for its horn, besides for its wool, you do still do pay four or five times because it's as if you sold the entire integral part of the animal. But my commitment, what source this machoikas? Tanakama Sarva Tanakama says, and therefore, if you withhold anything, anything that's withheld doesn't matter. It's not called a complete sale. And therefore, you don't pay dollar of hay. For Rebbe Sovereign, Rebbe holds it. Depends whether it's part of an animal that needs shechita or not. And selling it, like we learned yesterday, needs to be in a similar matziv, a similar situation as slaughtering. And hence, um, if you were to shecht an animal and it's missing uh, anything, that's an important part of the body. You're not going to be responsible for shechting. So too, is it true when it comes to selling? Rav Shimon Lazar Sabar, Rav Shimon Lazar says, "Karna deloy lemigza kaima." The horn is not meant to be cut off, and therefore have a shear. It's considered a, uh, a horn stay on the animal unless you choose to cut it off, right? But a horn is really, even though it's not ma'akev shechita, it's not ma'akev slaughtering. It does. It it, uh, it it is. We'll call that a body part. 
And therefore, if you don't sell it, you're not going to pay dollar. Hey, Rav Shimon Elazar Savar, Karnar Gleil Megzaya, Karna Kaima Havishir, a horn that somebody got is shear. However, Venus Shamsu Havishir, therefore, it's not considered a full sale. Because the sale to Megav is Kaime, but wool, which is meant to be cut off, Lai Havishir, just because the seller withholds it does not mean that it's not a complete sale, that it is a complete sale and hence if I sell the complete animal but I tell the buyer, I steal an animal sell it and I tell the buyer I'm selling you everything besides for the wool I still am to pay that the legs if it's cut off, it's not a kosher so that's a problem that's considered like you'd never fully sold it and since you never fully sold it you don't pay four or five times the amount the horn and the wool that doesn't get in the way of kosher when it comes to selling is not considered like I withheld any part of it. The Maisa, according to this, we're coming out with a contradiction in Rav Shem ben Elazar. Tonight, I believe with Rav Shem ben Elazar, classic of our answer. You're right, there's two students and they have a machlekes as to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Period. End of that Gemara. We're now up to Tanu Rabbanon, about halfway down on Ayin Chesam Rebbe's 78B brand new b'risa, Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we, Agoynev Hakitaas Ve'es Hachigeres Ve'es Asum. Somebody steals an animal that's missing a leg, an animal that's lame, an animal, I shouldn't say missing a leg, missing any body part, an animal that's lame, or an animal that's blind. Or you steal an animal that belonged to partners. You're going to be responsible? Which means like this. Notice, notice, notice. It's gewalt. If I steal a whole animal and then sell it besides for a leg, I don't pay dollar behe because I withheld a leg for myself. But if I sell an animal that originally is missing a leg, I'm not withholding the sale. I'm selling the animal in its entirety. It's just a three-legged animal. Okay? So I'm, I will pay dollar behe. I sold everything. Whatever you have two people who stole. They're potter. Two people steal, shacht it or sell it. They're not going to pay There's another See, there's two cases of partners. One case of partner is when one partner steals from the other partner. When one partner steals from the other partner, you don't pay Dalit Bahay. Because it wasn't a complete animal. You already own 50%. However, when you have two partners that steal an entire animal and they shecht or sell it, you're going to pay Dalit Bahay. I would think that somebody, that one partner steals the other partner, or partners that steal together, you're going to pay Dalit Behei. I would think in both cases, So what do you see from over here? Even if one partner steals from the other, I'm sorry, any case of partnership, there's no chiyuv of dalit behe. There's no responsibility of dalit behe. Four or five times payment. Great question. Elam Rav Nachman like Kasha. Kan b'shutim shetavach l'das chaveray. Kan b'shutim shetavach shoy l'das chaveray. You could have a case where two partners steal, 
their cohorts over here, Reuben and Shimon steal. Okay? Partners stole. But only one of them shechted or sold without the other Ganav's consent. So that's, that's the case where we're going to say there's no chiv of, of uh, Dalit Vahey. That's where we exempt Shutzen. But you're right, in other cases, Shutzen will be responsible. Okay. Boy, Rav Yirmiya. Rav Yirmiya asked a question searching for information. And Rav Yirmiya, I just want to mention this. It's fascinating as we go through Shas. After the Gemara very often comes out with a clear approach, Rabbi Yirmiya the Amira very often, you find this in a few other, in a number of places, I don't know Shas by heart, but this, it's, this is a fascinating pattern. Rabbi Yirmiya is a unique Amira where he comes and asks curiosity questions on these halachas that very often we don't have answers to. Okay? He'll just be like, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? So let's go. By Rabbi Yirmiya asks a question of information. What happens if somebody steals an animal and sells it and he sells it, he tells the buyer, it's yours, but there's going to be a 30-day period that it remains mine. Okay? Meaning, I'm selling it to you today. I want you to know during Adarshani of this year, I want it. I still have, I have rights to work with it again. So you sold the animal completely, but you didn't sell it completely. Right? Because there's going to be a time period where you want full ownership. Or Chutzmi Melachta. He says, it's your animal. You want to shecht it, you could shecht it. But until you shecht it, I'm holding on to the rights to work it. Chutzmi Yubra. Yeah, I'm selling you a pregnant animal. The mother's yours. The baby eventually that comes out is mine. Again, is it concerned that you completely sold the animal? Mahu, what is the Allah? If you hold that a fetus is a limb of the mother, there's no question. Of course, you cannot pay dalit vehei. You should not pay dalit vehei because you withheld part of the animal. You hold on to a limb. Obviously, asking a question. That a fetus is not considered a limb of the mother. Maybe since you're withholding on to something that's attached to the animal, kind of like a horn, yeah. The fetus, you know, it's, it's you know, so so it's considered like you withheld and you don't pay dalit behei. Since eventually we know it's naturally going to be separated from the mother, it's not considered like you're withholding anything. There are those who say the a uh, little differently. Since it's not the limb of the mother, since the the baby also needs to be shechted along with the mother shechita, command the shayer kugufa dami teku. Says the Gemara, we don't have an answer to this question. Boy, Rav Pop, Rav Pop asks a question searching for information. Somebody steals an animal, then chops off its leg, and then sells it. Gewalt. Hit us. Hit us. Incredible. I stole a whole animal, but I didn't want to be chayv on Dalit Vahey for selling it or shechting it. So you know what I did? First, I cut off the leg, and now I didn't sell a complete animal. Mao, what's Allah? Yeah, a ganav, lamdush ganav. He says, I learned Pavakama too. What's Allah? Mir mina mai de ganav halayz even. He didn't sell what he stole. And if you don't pay the alvehe, you stole a whole animal and you sold something else. I don't, my dazavan have a lavish here. Bottom line is, 
you sold whatever you sold whatever you have now. So you should pay Dalbe. Says the Gemara Tekel. Tana Rabban the Rabbis don't so should we gone of a nos on the Acher Vitovah gone of a nos on the Acher Somebody steals an animal, gives it to somebody else to shecht, or he sell he steals an animal, gives somebody else to sell umachar top of tomorrow's dav, or gana vehikdish he steals an animal, makes it hekdish. Gana vehikiv he steals the animal and sold it. You know what hikiv means? He told the buyer, "You don't have to pay me yet." He sold it on credit. Mm-hmm. So you sold it, but you didn't take money for it yet. You stole an animal, and instead of selling, you exchanged it for something else. I stole it, gave it away as a gift. Or I stole an animal and paid off a chayv, a debt that I have to somebody else with the animal. Is it the same as selling it to somebody, right? He steals an animal and pays back for something he had on credit. In all these cases, it's considered a sale, right? To pay off your debt, give it on credit, whatever. All these cases are considered a sale and you pay the My commercial says, what's the Kiddush? I'll tell you the Kiddush. The Kiddush is that even though I stole something to give to somebody else who shakes it, I, here's what the Ganav could say. The Ganav could say, well, why do I pay Dalab Hey? I didn't shecht it, he sold it. We're going to say to the Ganav, yeah, but you told him. What's the Ganav going to respond? He's not my Shliach, it's an Avera for him to sell it. See, he's not an extension of me, so it's not like I, sh- I sold it. I shouldn't pay four or five times. Over here, the Chedes is, you do pay four or five times. Even though in general, you're right, there's a rule. You cannot appoint somebody to do an Avera for you, which means if I tell you to go steal for me, and you do that, you stole, not me. Over here, my timer. Why over here is it different? And we say that if I steal and I ask you to shacht it or sell it, that you are considered my agent and I'm responsible to pay. Just like when you sell to somebody else, you need a third party involved. I can't sell it to my other pocket. It's got to be to somebody else. You always need somebody else involved. So too, when I ask somebody else to shacht the animal, there's no difference whether I sell it to another Yid or whether I sell it to Hekdish, to the Beis HaMikdash. Bottom line is, we'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. We're going to have to start a little later as the Shkia uh, gets later. I believe Shkia tomorrow is about 5.10 or so, which means 72 it's going to be 622. Whew. 645 will be pushing it, but we got to push for that. All right? So let's aim Bezjam for Matzi Shabbos, 645 p.m. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, Heaven.